Pinball Nerds to episode 424 of your fifth favorite pinball podcast. My name is Orbital Albert, and on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about that one thing, just that one special little thing that separates pinball from every other hobby, every other sport, every other leisure activity on the entire freaking planet. Now, many of you know who listen to some of my 100 things you may not have known about your host. Uh, where during my month off there, I got a little rusty. I got a little rusty. The first two shows back probably weren't my best. I'm hoping today's will be a little better, but that happens when you take a month off, you got to shake off the rust. You got to get back into it again. Right? So it's only my third show in. So please forgive me. I will give you guys an update. Uh, talk to the poor man this morning, Drew and Ian, and they let me know that this it's going to be a, a challenge right now. They're super duper duper busy right now. As soon as they can, they're going to do a show with me. I don't know when that's going to be, but here was what I presented to them and let them know I'm going to present it to you as a vote. Okay. So this is your chance to vote. Just send me a message. You can send it to me through the Pimmel Nerds podcast, Facebook page, or you can send me a message through my regular Facebook. And if you don't do the books of the faces, then you can email me at pimmelnerds at gmail.com. And just let me know one of these three options. I want Drew. I don't want to do just a regular interview where they're just sitting there chilling at the desk drinking drinks. That's fun. Any interview with them is going to be fun because it's Drew and Ian. But I want to do something a little different. You guys know me. I'm a little weird, a little strange, a little different. Uh, I prefer the term unique instead of weirdo. Thank you very much. Whoever's over there yelling at me, making fun of me, making me cry, getting bullied again. Okay, so yes, I'm a weirdo, but I prefer the term unique dough. It sounds better, okay? Um, but I, I have asked them if it's possible, and I'm going to let you guys choose which ones you would like me to ask them. So this is not a for sure. They have not agreed to this, but I have asked them. I would like to interview them. Well, one of three things is happening. You guys know I love background noise. I like action shots. I mean... One of my favorite interviewers is Nardwar, and he always does it at a large, loud concert venue. And the more stuff going on in the background, the better. I'm kind of along those lines. So I've asked them to either be going through a drive-through, and I, I jokingly said like it'd be funny if they were going through like Taco Bell and they're ordering a chalupa, as a little bit of a fr- franchi nod, but. Any any drive through that they normally go to, I just want I want to hear them interacting with the girl while they're you know shooting the crap and they're you know and then she asks them oh well did you want a biggie size that and they go uh, no thanks and by the way we're doing a podcast here maybe don't upsell or I know something funny some interaction would be funny. The second option I thought would be funny is if they're at one of their local arcades and maybe they're like playing a game of pinball and they're like passing the phone back and forth so I get to interview Drew for a little bit while he's doing commentary. Uh, on Ian playing and then I get to interview Ian a little bit while he's doing commentary on Drew playing and maybe we can kind of hear the sound of the pinball machine in the background. Also kind of hear one of them swearing or yelling at the machine as the 
ball goes straight down the middle or something. You know what I mean? Some some type of action shots. And the third one I thought would be really neat. Many of you know that Drew has like epic, uh, an epic, it sounds like a pretty epic, by the amount of syrup, uh, by, by the amount of very not illegal syrup they're doing there in Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin something like that. Um, he has an epic bonfire. It sounds like every Friday night and he pretty much invites Drew every, every Friday. And, and, but Drew doesn't, you know, Ian can't make it every Friday because life and kids and work and family and wives and everything. Right. So, but one of those times when Drew goes or Ian goes over there and hangs out with Drew at the bonfire, I want to hear the sizzling sound of the fire in the background and the crackling of the wood and the moisture evaporating from it. And I'm a bit of an audiophile. I want to like feel like we're really there. Like I want to hear the sound of Drew biting into like a s'mores that Ian just roasted the marshmallows perfectly for him or something. I don't know. Like I just, I think it'd be great if we got to hear them either at an arcade going for a fun, you know, a fun drive together, two best buds going for a drive together, maybe hitting a late night pickup window or, uh, you know, at like a house party in the backyard at a bonfire or something like that. Um, I just wanted to do something a little different. That's all. Drew and Ian have been on the, you know, the Saps, the Super Awesome Pinball Show. Um, they're they're all over the place. You guys know they're tied for right now. My favorite pinball podcast on the planet. Can't wait to have them on the show. They've been harder to get on the show than I thought. I've only really been turned down by two people. And uh, both, neither of them were really turning down more so like not right now. And uh, I'm not going to say Drew and Ian have turned me down, but I've got a couple like next weekers now and I'm getting ready for it. I'm ready for it. You guys are ready for it. I'm ready for it. I'm, I've had a month off. I haven't done an interview in like a month and a half. You guys are probably shaking your cell phone, laptop, uh, dashboard, whatever that I'm talking to saying, uh, yeah, we need another pinball nerds podcast interview. Come on. Um, I don't, I'm not the best interviewer. I'm not going to lie. That's why for years I just called them chats. And really, it's just going to be a chat. Uh, I've had the pleasure of speaking with them before, um, you know, of course, on the Poor Men's Pinball Podcast. Probably the most listened to Poor Men's Pinball Podcast of the year, other than Franchi, of course. Uh, but you get Franchi on your show, and then you knock it out of the park, right? Is that how it works? It's satisfying to have him on the show. That's at least the the, the very bare minimum, I could say. Um, and... Yeah, oh, Franchi, Franchi and Carrie Hardy. Franchi and Carrie Hardy. Carrie Hardy and I couldn't make a time that that lined up. Um, still would love to have Carrie on the show. Maybe he'll give me a little Christmas gift. And Franchi, I've tried like 15 times, and he's like, I can't be on any more pinball podcasts. Next day, he's on Head to Head Pinball. I'm like, what the hell? And he's like, oh, they called me at 4 a.m. No, I'd, it was around the same time I wanted to book Franchi, but I think that was actually before it. Um but no, I, Franchi, if you're listening, buddy, I love you, man. I'd love to have you on the show sometime. That would be fun as well. I have uh, at least two other people lined up I want to do interviews with. So I might jump them ahead of Drunian. But Drunian are coming. Do not lose faith. But please, let me know. I would say the soonest you're gonna, we're, I'm going to have them on is about a week from now. So today is the 16th. So please, 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 by the 23rd of November, let me know. If I get five votes for you know Arcade, and two votes for going through a drive-through, and one vote for backyard. I'll let them know. Doesn't mean they're going to do it. Just means I'm going to let them know what the listeners have spoken, what the listeners have said, and if the pinball gods are listening, the poor man's pinball podcast dudes will do it. If anyone's going to oblige, it's going to be them. They're pretty easygoing 
fellas. So I would really appreciate it. Now, let's start talking about what today's episode is about, which is that one thing that separates pinball from every other sport. Doesn't matter if you call pinball a sport. Doesn't matter if you call it a hobby. Doesn't matter if you think it's a leisure activity. Let's be honest, you're going to burn more cows than like building a puzzle or something like that. That's a straight up leisure activity or sitting there, you know, doing a crossword puzzle. I'm telling you, as someone who's played in Pinburg, when you're playing 12 hours of pinball, three, four, five days in a row, uh, it's very, very, very taxing on your body. It's not as hard as running a marathon or in my case. Uh, like I did a, uh, I did a, a, a sprint or, well, I've, I've done a try a try as well as now a sprint triathlon. Um, but it's certainly not even as hard as even probably, you know, running a 5k running the shortest possible distance. Right. Um, it's definitely harder than doing like a hundred meter sprint. Give me a break. That's nothing. But the one thing that separates pinball is the fact that you're able to play competitively with the top players on the planet. The one thing that's different is that you as the player can talk to the pinball designers and talk to the software developers. So I know Josh Krugler this year just comes to mind uh, when they were doing the Hot Wheels thing uh, live stream. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, he was in there. I think he's actually been in there for a couple of them. I know at least one on dead flip and uh, you know, you're able to ask him direct questions. Very, very, very rarely, you know, are you going to have the top designers of a car company sitting in there uh, just chatting on a live stream, right? Very rarely. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not that deep into cars and I don't know about it. But I just, I know as a guy who had only been playing competitive pinball for two years, for me to look to my left and the player to my left is Roger Sharp at Pemberg, the man who saved pinball. And I look to my right and the player to my right is Robert Gagno, my top favorite competitive Canadian player ever, right? I love you, Adam Becker. I love you, Jack Tadman. You guys are up there. But I just, there's something about Robert. You know, I've chatted with him the most by far online, got to do an interview with him, got to have lunch with him at Pemberg. Um, I mean, right after getting to, oh, and then like the round after that, I got to play with Robert Gagno and play an entire round with him. Cause somehow he was kind of, you know, ranking around 100th at Pemberg around the middle of a, and I was somehow sort of just barely in that middle grouping as well. So I got to play with him. He did kick my butt on every single machine, including playing. Like, I think we were the very last bank playing. Cause he was like beating wizard mode on uh dirty Harry setting the GC for the, the highest score ever at Papa. Whenever you get a GC on a Pimberg or a Papa machine, you know you're doing something right. But more importantly than that, then I go in line, and I'm in line to go to the bathroom shortly after this, and I've got Josh Sharp right in front of me and Zach Sharp right behind me. So I've got, like, you know, the this, this Stern Marketing guy standing right behind me in line and right in front of me, Josh, and they're kind of chit-chatting to each other kind of around me. And I'm sitting there going, what other, like I've been part of disc golf. I've been, even with disc golf, this is how silly disc golf is. Even disc golf, as high as I got, I was only able to, uh, I wasn't even able to go in the amateur. I was, I had to go in the one underneath that. Okay. There's like three or four different levels of disc golf. And at my local thing, I couldn't even go in the amateur. And then there was the pro league, right? Or the semi-pro, whatever that was called. So yeah, those were those guys there were some of the best disc golfers in Canada. A couple of the tournaments I've been to in London, St. Thomas. Yes. 
Did I talk to one of them? No. Did I get to play with them? No. Uh, I guess if you're really good at disc golf, yes, you could travel around and probably see them. Disc golf would maybe be the best example of something closest to that. I know my good buddy Pete, uh, who I mentioned in the uh, uh, Don't Burn Out Like Pete episode, um, he he really got good at disc golf and he did get to meet a couple of his idols, but it's not the same as this. Like, I mean, I woke up uh, yesterday morning to a nice message from Raymond Davidson, the number one player in the world, thanking me for just uh, giving his Twitch channel, a, you know, a quick shout out on my, my little daily vlog. Like what other sport or hobby or, or anything else can you have someone who is the top of their game in the world, not only at playing it, but also designing and helping do code for future machines, reach out to you personally and thank you. And I mean, a lot of you have even seen that picture that I'm going to be using for the Pinball Nerds podcast trading cards. Um, and they're still coming. There's a big change with them. I'm going to announce that soon, but I want to have at least the first few in my hot little hand before I even say another word about it. Because if not, I'm going to become the deep root of pinball trading cards. And I don't want to, I don't want that to happen. Everyone's going to, instead of saying, where's the pin bar? Where's the pin bar, bro? Uh, what they're going to say, or brother, where's the pinball, brother? Uh, instead of me pulling a uh, a Ron Howlett from Slam Tilt, I'll have to say, where's the pinball nerds podcast trading cards, Orby? Uh, <laughs> or maybe I'll do a Roddy Roddy Piper version. I could probably do Roddy Roddy Piper better than Hulk Hogan. Um, now I have to listen to Roddy Roddy Piper to get his accent down. But was he even Scottish? Anyways. It's just, it's so neat. Like I've got to interview just, these are just a couple of my inner, my heroes. These are my pinball, like they're my either pinball playing heroes or pinball, uh, like just media heroes. So I've got to hang out with an interview and I feel like I kind of got to hang out with them as well. Well, I got to take a a cool picture with Raymond Davidson and Tim Sexton, the morning of Pinburg, which was like right before the very first a division started that was like that just gave my that's probably why i qualify for a division getting to talk to those two dudes and getting a, a, a you know we only chatted quickly it's not like we're best friends or anything but oh and i'm gonna tim sexton i'm gonna come back to him at the end by the way um and then that same day you know i got to go have beers with joe stanzik who went to the b finals with uh marty from uh the final round pinball podcast right uh, I just, it's just really cool. It's just really cool because there's no, I've been, you know, part of poker and I've got to go to Vegas and I even won a tournament in Vegas, believe it or not. Um, a very small tournament, $50 buy-in with rebuys at, at, at Bally's Paris. But, um, there's just, there's no other sport. There's no other, let's just look at it. For instance, uh, if you were to get into motor racing. So my good buddy, Ryan, back home there in the Forest City, London, Ontario, his uncle Todd, you know, got really good into go-kart racing and he came up through the ranks and he got really good at, you know, I don't know what it was, like funny car, like all these, you know, you do, I don't, I don't think you do demolition derby, but it's like one level above that. You know, it's, it's not really like people aren't really taking it that seriously. And he worked his way up and worked his way up. And then eventually he got to the pickup truck category, which is like one under cast car. And Cascar is just like one under NASCAR. And then he went on to win that entire series. I think he had seven wins out of like 28 races and tons of seconds and thirds. And he only demoed one truck that year. 
and uh, which is, you know, pretty good, right, for an entire season. <clears throat> Didn't win tons and tons and tons of money, but maybe broke even, maybe, just maybe broke even or came close. Had a riot, but even with being a driver that good, was still passed upon to get into, like, a sponsored vehicle for Cascar, which, again, is still way under NASCAR. And this guy has worked that hard, and he still never got to get on the track with even what. Now, there was one good driver from St. Thomas who's worked his way up and did get all the way to NASCAR, but it's extremely rare. You know that it's, you know, it's, it's what is it, something like one in 120,000 uh, Canadians will actually eventually play in the NHL or something dumb like that, and something like one in three uh, parents in Canada here put their kids in hockey and hopes they make it to the NHL. So it's, you know, it's not going to happen. But pinball, it can happen, baby. I'm not even that good of a player. In fact, you could be the worst pinball player on the planet. You go, well, I still want to go to replay effects. Um, there was, I even had, well, I can think of at least one friend who came up from Ontario who wasn't playing in it, who had a riot and, you know, who, who went and played all the other games, didn't have to worry about getting down to the thing, down to the hour. So, you could still be there and you could still meet all the same people. Like, I mean, it was, I was, you know, less than four hours into being at this event and I had already seen and hung out with like Jack Danger, Steve Bowden, uh, Mrs. Pin, Dr. Pin, um, you know, all three of the sharps. Um, you know what I mean? So even just on a day-to-day -day basis where you can go into Twitch, <clears throat> oh, speaking of Twitch, I have to give a mad shout out to my girl, Jesse J. Jesse J. What do you say, Jesse J? I wasn't sure about Jesse J. You know, as far as her pinball playing skills were concerned, she's definitely entertaining, very funny, really passionate about pinball, all the things that I want to, you know, I want to have in a pinball friend, right? So she's really, really, really into pinball. All of those things are good. But I thought, but it, is she any good? I wonder if she's any good. I got to see her, her on the Melbourne Silver Ball live stream. Go watch the VOD. I think almost 500 people, like almost half a thousand, which is, that's way more than I ever remember seeing on Melbourne Silver Ball typically, have already watched this in less than 24 hours. But it's Jesse J uh, from Jesse J's Pinball Adventures on TPN um, with Ryan C, uh, of course, on that show with her formerly of Head to Head, and Marty, whose channel Melbourne, Melbourne Silver Ball is. And so they're all on there, and Marty has just got um, Rick and Morty, Scott Denise's uh, masterpiece to being his slap in the face slash, uh, you know, it, it's hard. It's a tough game. But Jesse J's very first game, not only did she get multi-ball, and I don't think she'd ever played it before that, maybe like one game because he had just got it the day before, but she not only got multi-ball, she made several good like saves where she had to flip at the last second to just barely save the ball. She wasn't doing like lots of shatsing or I don't even know why you'd be shatsing in that game, but she wasn't doing like, I didn't see her do any live catches. Um, I thought I saw at least one drop catch or a mini attempt at a drop catch. Um, but she actually had really, really, really good uh, pinball instincts and Jesse J I've got the pleasure of chatting with you before. I know you listen to my show from time to time. Don't know if you'll catch this one. Hopefully you do, but I want to say straight up, watch out world. Cause here comes Jesse J. Like I think Jesse J like just from watching you, if Pimberg is a go in 2021, uh, knock on wood. Oh, speaking of Pimberg being a go, 
Not only did Pfizer come out with one that's 90%, which is pretty good, a vaccine recently, but Moderna just came out an hour ago on CNN. They were talking about 94.5%. Now, this study was not as big as the almost 50,000 people that were in the Pfizer study. This was 15,000 people. But to see a number like 94.5 of people being safeguarded by this vaccine out of 15,000, <coughs> excuse me, is incredible and it's uplifting and it makes me excited. And it makes me truly believe, if you had asked me two weeks ago if there's any chance in hell TPF could happen, I would have said, nah. Uh, I got to do an interview there with Ian Hayward, by the way. Uh, shout out, awesome friend of the show. Good to talk to him again soon, probably. Um, well, by Christmas at the very least. He said there's no way that it's going to happen. Like, I think he said 90% or 100% almost. Um, and of course, he couldn't have known this. I couldn't have known this. But now, with not having not only one, but two, the two first vaccines reporting back both over 90%, that bodes well that more of them will come out. And apparently the United States already has 100 million of this exact vaccination already ordered. Well, 100 million goes a good way to get a large percent of the vulnerable population covered and the healthcare workers. And those are the two biggest people at risk that we're concerned the most with. So this makes me believe that there's a tiny, tiny little light at the end of the tunnel that TPF might actually happen. You heard it here first, listeners. Uh, I actually think that there's a very, very, very good chance Pinberg could happen. Now, again, two weeks ago, I would have said it's a coin flip, a 60-40, 40, you know, 60-40, 50-50, somewhere around there. I actually think it's like 70%. I'm not going to say 80%. I'm not quite there, but I'm maybe on the verge of being 75. Like there's a three-quarter chance Pinberg will happen in some way, shape, or form. Will we still have to wear masks? Most certainly. Will we still have to use lots of hand sanitizer? Yes. Are we going to want to keep the pinball machines, you know, six feet apart? Yes. But can it still happen? I think maybe, possibly, perhaps. And if I wanted to be a positive Pete instead of a negative Nancy, I'd say you heard it here first. My guess is that Pinberg's going to happen. Now that, because if the first two vaccines came back and the one was like, meh, 50% efficient, the next one was like, meh. 35% efficient, I'd be like, this does not bode well. We might get one, you know, one vaccine that's like 60%. Even then, I'm not comfortable. Even if I was fully vaccinated, hang out with people fully vaccinated, I would not be comfortable going to Pemberg at a 50 to 60% efficiency. Now, you give me 95% efficiency and you tell me the uh the only the 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 what four or five people in the entire thing that got COVID who actually had the vaccine, who didn't have to have the placebo. Those people all got the most mildest possible form that you could even get and still measure that they had a positive. Wow. Like freaking Pinberg's going to happen, guys. I really, really, really think it could happen because my guess is by January, you've got a good chunk of the frontline workers uh, vaccinated. By probably the end of February, You've got everyone who's high risk and everyone who's frontline workers, everyone from grocery store workers to teachers to uh, garbage truck drivers to gas store attendants to anyone who works in restaurants, bars, barcades, which are going to start coming back. 
I think you're going to see that. I think it's going to be a nice Valentine's Day treat. Again, you heard it here first on the Pinball Nerds podcast. It's coming, guys. It's coming. This is your early Christmas present. I know, I know Christmas isn't for a month and a week. I know that. I know that. You're saying, Orby, you're five weeks early, bro. Christmas came early. (coughs) All right. I got to go see Neon Dreams last night at a concert. Now to say packed concert hall doesn't make sense because everybody had to be six feet apart. You were allowed to sit in a bubble of up to eight people and then you had to stay six feet apart. Actually, I think it was maybe, was it four people, six people? I don't know. But our family of four had no one in for like 10 seats all the way around us, which was awesome. So the seats were, I think, a little bit more expensive. Like typically it would have been like 20 or 25 bucks and it was, uh, you know, a little over 30 with service charges. Uh, so for the family of four, like including, uh, we went out for a really nice Korean barbecue. Uh, we went out to Bolarama. I got to play some Deadpool. Uh, I got a 222 or something on Deadpool, which is like my third eye score. That was awesome. Got a disco multi-ball. I beat the first three characters or four characters, I think. Um, anyways, got the second highest score there. Had a great time. The barbecue was, the uh, Korean barbecue was incredible. Going to a concert's a little bit weird. I do plan on posting a quick 30-second video of it. Like, uh, there's a lot of, like, sitting on the edge of your seat and, like, clapping to the beat and, like, waving your hands in the air. You know, there's no dancing. There's You don't get a lot of creative uh, liberties. There's no mosh pits. There's no crowd surfing. Uh, there's no, like, running up to stage and going, we're not worthy! We're not worthy! But uh, Owen got a shirt, which was really cool. Um. They didn't have any enlarged, so his dad, who's got to lose some weight, I've got the, they, they call it the COVID-20, so it's not as bad as COVID-19. The COVID-20 is like the 20 pounds that probably most of us gained, if not if not some of us more. I, I believe I was at like, I think like 210 or something before this all started. I'm like 232 now or something, but um, I've got to get back out there and get working out again and get exercising. I'm not going to blame it on COVID. It's my fault, but it's partially COVID's fault, but it's my fault. But I'm just saying everybody stay safe between now and when the vaccine comes out. We're a couple months away from it. Wear your masks. That's not a political thing. Um, by the way, you're welcome, Brad Hopkins. Not only have I not played Tragically Hip for a few shows, I haven't mentioned politics at all. But I will say this to all of the American listeners, and it's still 70% of this show is, is, is carried by my American listeners. So thank you so much to everyone there in the United States. But I especially want to thank Everybody who went out and voted. I'm not going to thank you for whom you voted. I don't care who you voted for. I personally probably would have voted for the Libertarian Party. Not going to lie. However, what I'm going to say is that I want to thank you to each and every listener who went out there and took the time and energy to vote. Because more Americans voted in that election than any other election before. And I think that we can all agree that as the new administration takes over, let's all hope for a less divisive future. Let's hope for a future where Canada and the United States can get along better, where the United States and Mexico can get along better, where the United States and the United States can get along better, where the United States and the rest of the world can maybe get along better, and maybe there can be less name-calling and maybe people getting along better. And I think we can all agree, no matter what side of the political fence you're on, that wouldn't it be nice if, can we, can't we just all get along? Why can't we be friends, right? Come on. All right. So pinball is that one thing 
that you can get close to the designer, you can get close to the media, you can get close to the experts. You can, I mean, look at Glenn the Skateboarder. He messages many of us. I know it's not just me, but he messages many of us several times a week, right? And quite often it's uplifting and fun and entertaining uh, and, and cool stuff. So Glenn, thank you for everything you do for skateboarding, or sorry, for skateboarding, for everything you do for pinball, Glenn the Skateboarder. All right, so today I'm going to leave you with good old Tim Sexton getting a call. This is uh, thanks to Jeff Patterson and everyone over there at This Week in Pinball. This was, I believe, from uh, re replying to, I don't know if it's from, it's from Twitter. It's from Twitter. I can see it right here. So Tim Sexton is making, I always leave you guys with a song. Today I'm going to leave you with Tim Sexton singing a song, then talking to Gary Stern, okay? Sorry about that. I just had to turn the volume up there. So this is Tim Sexton. He's in the middle of making an acapella cover uh, of Fight Song when he gets interrupted by Gary Stern calling. So it's hilarious. This is, uh, your, 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 I would say, your moment of zen. This is your moment of pinball hilarity for the day. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. I love you. You're awesome. And we're going to talk again soon. Until then, though, remember to eat. Sleep and breathe pinball. Oh, here's a phone call coming in for those of you, because you can't see this, but go over to This Week in Pinball and watch it. Hello? Tim, it's Gary. Hey, Gary. Did that wording work for what you're trying to do? Yeah, it does work. Okay. All right. Good. Thanks. Thanks for the help. Appreciate yeah. it. No problem. Catch you later. Bye. See you later.